We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now by Sarah Westby. She is with Shipman and Goodwin. And we're going to be talking about cannabis. Cannabis, yes. It is the new industry in Connecticut. She's going to be joining us shortly. We are just uh, waiting for her to... Dial in, right, Matsuroi? Oh, we have her. All right. So, Sarah, thanks so much for being with us here today. Oh, I got to hit the button. Sarah, good morning to you. It is. I, Matt, I put tell A on and I put the board up and uh, it's tell A or tell eight. All right, see, this is it. You bring a TV guy in to do radio, and I always have some sort of an issue with the very first caller of the day because there are lots of buttons. And it's almost like flying a plane if you put me in a cockpit, Matt. I don't know what that I would do. I did hit it, didn't I? Oh, you hit the red button. Aha. All right. That doesn't say tele on it. <laughs> it says on. That's all right. Hi, Sarah Westby from Shipman and Goodman. Good morning to you. Good morning, Dennis. So great to have you here. I know I had you on this week in Connecticut on WTNH a few weeks ago, and you were very insightful about the whole cannabis industry. So first of all, uh, just let's talk about the structure of your workplace, because a couple of years ago, you probably didn't have a cannabis division, right? Now you have to have one, right? Right. So it's a, it's a very new industry in the state. We've had medical cannabis legal since 2012. Um, it was a relatively small industry. But the adult use market has just generated a tremendous amount of interest and a tremendous amount of need in the business community. So what kind of clients do you have? Most of them are businesses looking to start a cannabis operation in the state. Some of them are individuals. Some of them are social equity applicants. uh, But many of them are partnerships between a multi-state operator, uh, whether in the state or operating in other states, and a social equity applicant because that gives you a certain amount of priority and other advantages in the Connecticut scheme. It really is fascinating because this is something that is so foreign to so many people across our state. But I wanted to ask you a couple of questions that I've been asked. And we've discussed this before you and I have discussed this on television. But let's say you own a company right now and your HR department doesn't really have a cannabis policy. Should they? I would say that every company should have a drug and alcohol policy, and cannabis would be part of that. The new Connecticut law aims to treat cannabis more like alcohol. And so what we've been assisting employers with is either creating a policy or modifying their existing policies to account for the new restrictions and the new um, things that the cannabis law permits. So a company can certainly tell their employees that they cannot do illegal drugs. Can they now tell you that you can't use cannabis because it's legal? Absolutely. So they can still tell you that. Okay. Yep. Just like alcohol. You can't come into work under the influence and you can't use it in the workplace. Yep. They could allow it, but they certainly don't have to. But in your free time, you're free to use it, right? There's no legal restrictions to that? 
There are certain employers who can prohibit use outside of the workplace. Um, you know, if you're in a, a public safety field or a public facing profession and the image of the employees is really important, we have seen some employers take actions against employees for use outside the workplace or write that into their policies, but that's fairly rare. Social media is always trouble when you start posting exactly. things that you shouldn't be. And, and uh, we were talking about this earlier, that if you go out with your significant other to a dispensary, let's say, and you buy something and you try it out and you put it on social media, hey, I tried the new legal so-and-so, and then they call you in the office the next day and say, you know, that it's not really reflective of our company. Can you get in any trouble for that? So if, if you are an employer who falls into the exempt category, you can, you can do that. You can take adverse action against an employee for that type of conduct, and you don't have to have it in a written policy. And the exempt employers are you know, similar to the ones that you would see in the medical cannabis law. You know, police, fire, EMS, construction, um, you know, utility workers, that type of thing. But if you're not an exempt employer or an exempt position within a non-exempt employer, then you have to have that written into your policy and you have to give your employees notice of it. Okay. Fascinating. Fascinating. So you represent some companies that want to get into the cannabis business. Uh, have, have you had any of your clients approved and any declined? I, we, so there's, there's been one round of licensing approval so far, and it, it's a preliminary round that is just for people who want to open up cultivation operations in the state. And the approval was just that they qualify as a social equity applicant and that they can progress to the next round in order to get what's called a provisional license. But we did have a few clients approved in that round. And there were actually a fairly small percentage of the applicants who applied for that license received approval. So what is the next step for them now that they've been approved? So the next step is assuming they pass a background check and pay the required fee, they have to comply with a number of steps that the law and the Social Equity Council regulations lay out. So, for example, they have to submit a business plan, they have to obtain zoning approval, they have to contract with the state's designated seed-to-sale tracking system, they have to um, have blueprints submitted for their establishment and those need to be approved. They have to take certain security measures to prevent diversion and theft. Um, so there's, there's a whole list of things that they have to do next. And they have to accomplish those steps within a 14-month period of time. Otherwise, their provisional license expires. So we might not see these stores for a while then. We might, but I think that some of the experienced operators in the state who have been selling or growing medical cannabis will be able to get up and running in a shorter period of time. Do you know anything about the types of people that they can employ? Do they, for instance, if you have a criminal record, can you work there? So you, you have to be approved by the state as an employee of a cannabis establishment. And if you're, you know, if you're what's called a key employee, there's even more stringent background checks. Okay. But it's not, it's not the case that every criminal offense is going to prohibit you from working in a cannabis establishment. And in fact, the law aims to redress some of the over-criminalization of cannabis in the past. And so, you know, things like a possession charge, um, that's not going to exclude you. But if you had an embezzlement charge, for, for example, that could. Now, I realize that you can't release names because of attorney-client privilege, but what kind of uh, clients do you have in terms of the people who are looking to get these licenses? 
Right. So it, it runs a spectrum. Um, so we have some individuals who have applied. We have um, some individuals who have partnered with multi-state operators, either you know already existing within the state or existing in other states. Um, we have some companies who have no connection to the state of Connecticut who want to get involved and, and maybe involved in cannabis in other states. So it really runs the gamut. And what's the fee to get a license? It, so it depends. The cultivation license that the state just ran the first round of license approval for um, is a cultivator license, and that's to, to run a large-scale grow operation. That fee is $3 million. $3 million. Uh, so, Wow. Yeah. But if you just want to yes. open a retail shop, the license fees are much less. They range from about 2500 to about uh, 25000 per year. Interesting. Sarah Westby from Shipman and Goodwin. Always great insight on this topic. That is, we are learning more about it every single day. We thank you so much for being with us this morning in WTIC News Talk 1080. Thanks, Dennis. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.